Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Friend Wrap. I am your host, Nicholas Larimer, today joined by McCorney Marjo. Let's get into the first news story of today, and that is that President Cyril Ramaphosa will be deploying members of the South African National Defense Force, the Army, to assist in battling illegal mining operations across the country. Uh, President Ramaphosa has authorized the deployment of 3,300 Army personnel to help combat illegal mining activities, his office said in a statement on Thursday. They said this uh, deployment is expected to cost 900, uh, sorry, 492 million rand uh, and is aimed at maintaining law and order under Operation Prosper. This is apparently the same operation that was used to deploy the SANDF to the Western Cape to halt gang violence uh, last uh, back in 2019, rather. Members of the SANDF will, in cooperation with the South African Police Service, conduct intensified anti-criminality operations against illegal mining across all provinces from 28th October to 28th April 2024, the presidency said. And as we know, the problem of illegal mining is quite severe. Uh, there's been a lot of concern about it uh, in various provinces, particularly in Gauteng, uh, but also in parts of the Free State, where illegal mining syndicates have become extremely well-armed, extremely sophisticated, and regularly engage in combat, not only with the police, but also with each other. And there was a carte blanche story, I think it was about a month ago, where they actually went down into some of the tunnel systems underneath Johannesburg uh, and explored some of the mine shafts that uh, illegal miners are using to access the huge amounts of gold. So illegal mining is a threat to various things. Uh, that often it involves extreme levels of violence between the different illegal mining gangs themselves. Uh, the illegal miners often, once they become wealthy, the kingpins sort of expand into other criminal activities. And of course, uh, there's the fact that in some places the illegal mining operations actually either pollute the environment with poisonous chemicals they use to process the ore or sometimes may even be undermining buildings um, although that one has been a little bit less evidence of but still not a great thing to be going on around the country and of course uh, a lot of the illegal miners themselves die um McCorne, you were kind of interested in the story because you know, this is not the first time the president has deployed soldiers somewhere. In fact, it seems to be his kind of go-to operation to ensure that it looks like he's doing something to change the problem. But I don't really think this is addressing any of the real problems here. What do you make of this? That's right, Nick. I think we all want to see the president or even members of the state government take serious actions against combating those crime syndicates that you've described using words such as sophisticated, which is all very true, um, that pose a real threat, not only to surrounding communities, but also to our economy, right? And to specifically highlight one event that was just horrific um, in terms of illegal mining, uh, to add to the list that you already provided, was the events that took place in Krugersdorp, where a couple of ladies were raped continuously um, by various members of these legal mining activities. So um, it is true that this is a huge problem that we have in the country that requires um, the president and the minister of police throwing as many resources at tackling this as possible. I am particularly wary, as you've just highlighted, of the manner and the ease with which the SANDF has been deployed, uh, particularly over the presidential term of our 
current president, Cyril Ramaphosa. Uh, I did a list, actually. I compiled a list and just researching the number of times the ASANDF was deployed in South Africa's democratic, short democratic life um, uh, where the SNDF was deployed domestically, right, to deal with infighting or crime um, amongst South Africans. And I found only one other time before present, President um, Ramaphosa, and that was back in 2008. But as of 2019, you've had about six times, six to seven times where the military has been deployed, three of those times in this year alone, you'll remember, um, they were deployed to prevent the national shutdown that the EFF had planned. They were also deployed at various key national um, corridors as a result of the truck torchings. And now again, to combat um, illegal mining. I think we should all not rest um, in the full sense of security we're granted when the military is deployed. I think that's what categorically distinguishes South Africa from tyrannical um, and developing and other African countries, right, is how quickly or easily uh, a military defense forces can be deployed. So I'm particularly anxious about that. And I think we should keep an eye on that, on just how COVID has enabled just a laissez-faire, lax attitude toward the deployment of the military. And we should all be very wary about that as concerned citizens with, with what is a democratic and free South Africa. Right. The army is not supposed to be a policing unit. It's only supposed to be called it for extremely exceptional circumstances. And we know that it's not a policing unit because that's not what it trains for. It's training. Oh, there goes my power. It trains to uh, defeat the enemies of the country or to defend its borders. Um, and we've seen evidence of its lack of training in cases like, for example, Collins Causa, where SANDF members allegedly, allegedly SANDF members, um, beat him to death during the COVID lockdowns for the crime of drinking a beer in his garden and then disrespecting them, uh, which is just completely outrageous. And, I, you know, the army is not in a good state, um, but this is really a job that the police should be doing. And the problem is that the police are just not able to do the job. We should be focusing on fixing the police, not on doing these kind of flashy deployments of soldiers um, to sort of put a Band-Aid over, over the, uh, the issue. Okay, uh, let us move on. To our next topic. And speaking of the police not being in a great state, uh, a manhunt is underway for a suspect who shot and killed witnesses moments before they were about to testify in the Randburg Magistrates Court. One of the victims killed in the shooting, uh, there were two people killed, uh, was a woman who was uh, accusing the police of torturing her. Uh, she was then murdered outside of the court just as she was about to go into the court session and possibly give testimony on that trial. This is obviously extremely concerning. They, uh, that's the words of the Gauteng Police Commissioner who says the murder of witnesses is extremely concerning. And uh, they also say that uh, the police are investigating this case of murder, although <laughs> they don't know what the motive of the murder was. I have some feelings as to what the motive of that murder might have been. Um, but obviously a horrifically shocking story. And it seems to be yet another sort of step in the kind of gangsterization of our, um, of our, of our, of our police service, of our country in general, where uh, people, you know, people who are going to testify as witnesses are getting murdered. Um, we have a, a very big problem with police brutality in this country. There are lots of complaints laid against the cops all the time for improper use of force. McCormick, what do you make of this? 
So again, we don't know who um, is responsible for the murder of this um, woman who was killed, but it's not very difficult to put two and two together, at least speculatively. And I don't know, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Whistleblowing is a deadly endeavor in South Africa. You know, you will suffer one of many fates. And unfortunately, um, over the last two, three years, we've seen a bunch of whistleblowers lives end in death it is a fatal endeavor and to see this happen at court where you know the courts are armed heavily with police for those who have never taken a trip to a match to a match court they are armed police is constantly um in and out of magistrate courts and yet that could not intimidate people who came there to do only one thing, which is to assassinate this woman, right? That did not deter them. The presence of the police at a magistrate court did not deter people who went with the sole purpose of assassinating this woman. I wait expectedly to see the story unfold so we can get to know exactly if, if, if at all we ever find out who the suspects, who the people responsible for this are. But again, putting two and two together, it's for me at least, not that hard to put it together as to who could have done this. Well, let's just say that the police should have find it very easy to find some suspects of interest in this particular case, uh, some persons of interest. Uh, absolutely shocking, and it's very important that this story not go out of the media, that it does get the attention it deserves, um, just like the Bobita Diokran story got uh, when she was murdered for trying to blow the whistle on corruption hospitals. Um, the murder of and the Mari, father and son as well. Remember them? The yes. auditors—they were not auditors. They were what were they? I forget. But yeah, father and son duo who were uncovering uh, some area of corruption in the country, who also gunned down um, famously on a highway. So them too. That yes. is, is quite yeah, ex exactly um, because every time a whistleblower is killed, it really eats at the very fabric of your society's law and order and well functioning. Um, because uh, it creates this horrific climate of fear, which can be very difficult to dispel, even if you get rid of some of the corrupt elements uh, in, in state institutions that are behind these things. Okay, um, and let us finish off with our last story for today, and that is that there are a couple of schools in KZN, mostly around Durban, where exams for all non-metric pupils, so in other words, kids from grade 8 to grade 11, have been suspended due to a strike being carried out by the South African Democratic Teachers Union. Now, just to be clear, not all of the teachers unions in that area have engaged in a strike. It's just sad to, as far as I understand. Um, they have a number of complaints with the department, uh, financial allocations to schools, payments of pay progression, adjustment of grade R stipend and its absorption, grading of schools, decentralization of post-level one appointments, very kind of technical things. Um, but considering the sort of ongoing education crisis in the country, the fact that so many kids are just being pushed through the school system, um, either into failure or just passing, but then really don't actually you know, learn much or get many skills from their time in school. Seeing a strike during exam time kind of feels a bit cynical to me. Now, at least it doesn't look like they've managed to interrupt the matric exams, which is very good because those are the most important exams. But I think it's kind of bad form for the teachers to strike during exams. Makona, what do you make of this? Students and teachers are often the biggest victims of trade unions, right? Unions who purport to be acting in the interests of students and teachers. I'd highly recommend people get a hold of 
one of the IOR's reports on the South African education systems. It was put together by Caden Ling, and in it, he profiled specifically trade unions and the sheer amount of influence they have over the education system and the many ways at which they are able to hold teachers and students and the education system in its entirety for ransom, using it as a pawn in achieving whatever obtaining and and and, and um getting whatever demands they have out of the state. Uh, and of course, exams are a crucial time and opportune for shocks like trade unions to enter the scene and try to coerce demands that they deem important out of the state. So again, trade unions are for trade unions, not for teachers and certainly not for students. No surprises here for me, Nick. Yeah, unfortunately, that seems to very much be the case. But anyway... This is all the time we have for today. We hope you found the show interesting. And indeed, that's a wrap.